Fucking parents with toddlers, right? <laughs> this dude on TikTok that's like sixty with a three year old, and I'm like, ooh, it's gonna be me. Might be me. <laughs> be forty eight out here with like a five year old and a fucking two year old. Like, so how old are your kids? We're like, oh yeah, they're in college. We're like, well, mine just started kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's teething. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, yeah, I don't know what we're gonna talk about. It's it's a million things that are frustrating me, but I don't want to just pass that on to everybody else. No, I think it's good to talk about. All right, well, fuck these. No, just, <laughs> uh, I do. I guess I can start here. Um, so, like last week, we were talking about how. Um, I mentioned that I had been texting a girl and she listened to one of the episodes of the podcast. So uh, she randomly chose an episode. Uh, She's also a podcaster also. So I had listened to her podcast and she wanted to listen to mine. And the episode she chose was I'm a cry. I'm a cry later. Which, if you've listened to it, which I'm sure the numbers are going to go up of people listening to that episode, that is after Juice experienced a breakup. (laughs) Yeah. And I was in a very bad place. It wasn't as bad as it got later, but Mm -hmm. it was was still fresh. Yeah, it was was a hard time. And so she, uh, she texted me, she was like, this is interesting. I was like, what? She was like, did you just get out of a relationship? I was like, this summer? Why? She's like, oh, the episode I'm listening to. I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, yeah, this is interesting. I was like, what the fuck she talking about? But we were recording, so like, after we got done recording, I uh, I texted her. I was like, uh, so what you think? And she was like, it's a lot of cursing. It's a whole lot of cursing, and I'm not with the whole cursing or ordeal. And I was just thinking, okay. I was like, I did warn you that I curse a lot, and I say a lot of crazy things, but it's not. I'm not always like that. It's kind of, I'm not playing a character because I'm myself, but it's an exaggerated version of myself. That's how I like to think of it, at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, okay. This is before she listened to the episode. So after she said that, I was just thinking, it started messing with my head mentally. Because, you know, we've talked about it before. Yeah. I don't, I don't like how much I curse. But that's based on, like, how it was raised. Mm-hmm. So it started playing into that part of, like, my mental consciousness. Yeah. And you know, I got I got mad. It kind of pissed me off too, because <laughs> it's like 
it, it felt very like holier than thou, like right. And then the way she said a cursing ordeal. Yeah, it's like it's just like we not putting this on. This is just who the fuck we are. <laughs> like I tell everybody, it's I'm not rec- an ordeal, ho. Right. <laughs> like, like I was like, ooh, when I saw that, I was like, mm. and. Well, first things first, I do want to say, I don't just talk about everybody I talk to on here. So if anybody's listening that I may talk to or have talked to, I don't just put it on the podcast. Yeah, no. No, I do tell everything to Kim. So that's just... (laughs) I mean, but that situation was different because it was ongoing for an extended period of time. Yeah. It wasn't just like... Right. That and then that's the other part of it. It's like, yeah. But as far as this situation, which I haven't talked to her since then, because not for being petty, it's just I really we be saying a lot of crazy stuff, but I love doing this. And I really do value it as a creative endeavor. I feel like it's honestly as genuine as it could be. Yeah. That's what that's what I appreciate about it. It's like when people react to it, it's because most of the time they can relate to it. Yeah. And when, because we are as genuine as we can be, like, it just feels that much better when people appreciate it. Yeah. If you don't, it, it's just not for you. And that's, you know, that's, and that's what cool I said too. in the beginning. Like, it's going to be who it's going to be for. Right. And then, like, it's just like, if, if you don't get it, then that's fine. I'm not trying to force this on anybody. And I always, we're always up front that this is an explicit podcast. Mm-hmm. And we be cussing. We cussing Christians. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Also, the other thing is, like, the nuance about language is you can say things and they, on face value, they may sound harsh or crass, but they're not. It's just the same way as we've reclaimed nigga. It's an ugly, wretched word on face value, but it's just it's it's different strokes for different folks. The same right. way some people don't like referring to locks as dreads and, and all that shit. Like it's just right. And I respect it either way. Semantics. But one thing you're not gonna do is tell <laughs> me how to do our shit. Ass on anybody, and then but the whole thing when she this te- uh, texting me that the this is all I thought of. <laughs> you cannot say filth, flying filth, flying filth in front of people. And I said I never said no filth, flying filth. Because you know what I'm talking about. I can't use the type of language that you use, but you know what I mean when I say filth, flying, 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 filth. And I said, I never said no filth, flying, filth, and I don't know what you're talking about. I'm offended that you call. Fuck you. <laughs> and that's when Bill got pissed. That's what I'm talking about. You cannot say fuck. People. I want Eddie to do stand up again. Mad. Me too. Because he thought that was my whole act. Like I just walked down on the stage and cursed and left. And I managed to stick in some jokes between the curses. You couldn't give no curse show or walk out and say, hey, felt for him. Motherfucker, dick pussy snot and shit. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Suck my dick. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, bro, like. I <laughs> wish you would have said suck my dick to her dick. That would have been fucking hilarious. Because, like, like, what the, like, I don't. Oh, suck I don't, my dick, bitch. <laughs> Shit, don't nobody give a damn. Which, hey, it's her opinion. I respect it. But mm-hmm. she had also given me, like, this is the same person. You ain't got to listen. I mean, her pocket is probably lame. I'm not. <laughs> see, hey, Kim be getting she me in trouble. She sounds boring. <laughs> Kim be getting me in trouble, bro. Like, Kim is, <laughs> Kim is a bad influence. <laughs> She sounds so green, so boring. When I said it to Kim, she was like, what a pussy. <laughs> <sighs> yep, that's me. But it did also, I feel like people be thinking that this is how the podcast sounds also. Hello, customers. <laughs> nice day we're having. It's like, no. Did he just say, <laughs> he did. Pleasure. Hi, Squidward. How the f- are you? Nice. I listen. I ain't care from the jump because I just feel like I feel like it's more people out there like us that can relate to us than than not. Definitely. So and then plus, I don't feel like we say like we say crazy stuff, but it's not it's not hateful. No, it's not malicious. No. Now we were up here saying like. Oh, no. For the most part, we just be talking about how we feel. Right. Like, we be in our feelings about shit. Right. Yeah, y'all don't be complaining when we spilling our guts and crying. Right. <laughs> Sad and depressed. Are you all right, Dennis? <laughs> On some Marvin's room type shit. Man, I don't miss those episodes at all, though. <laughs> it was a streak where we were both in the, like, that's when we both realized, yeah, winter is in our season to be doing this podcast. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't know. It's I, I did listen to her podcast. It's not bad. It's just you, it's two ways you can do a podcast. Mm. You can do a podcast being a version of yourself and trying to be authentic, or you can be. I'm trying. I'm going to try to make as much money as possible by being as vanilla as mm-hmm. I can be. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing that. Nope. My sis in the Ivy Park, I see. Oh, yeah. You see. It's a birthday <laughs> gift. I got a whole little fit. <laughs> I ain't took no pics yet because I'm waiting to get this fit off. Y'all going to see me when I finally bounce back. I need my hair done, nails done, toes done. I am raggedy right now. But when I bounce back, it's over for you, bitch. I'm getting a much needed haircut Tuesday. Hell yeah. Like, Everybody trying to get a cut before Crima. Yeah. Like, it's been <laughs> tough trying to schedule. Because like I said, I have the best barber I've ever had in my life. You still go to the Faye Factory? hmm Like, my barber is legit. So. It ain't nothing like a good barber. Yeah. Barber TikTok is pretty popular also. Yeah. <laughs> I be getting sucked in. Seeing the way that people's confidence changes after they get a haircut is amazing. Yeah, the new trend is these white dudes been putting on, been put on to uh, black barbers. Yeah, changing their whole lives, bro. Like it be so many white dudes in my barber shop, and like they be, like barbers be competing. Like it's wild that like black barbers, 
like with white barbers, they'd be like, yeah, we can't cut. We don't Does know the how to Does the factory have any white barbers? Uh-uh. Not that one. I think the other one, they may have a white barber. But they'd be like doing... Uh, White barbers be like, mm, we don't know how to cut black people's hair. Yeah. And black barbers be like, bet. Like, I, I've been waiting to do this. Hold shit. my beer. <laughs> like, they about to make you look like James Dean. <laughs> Hold my beer. Like, bruh. Like, so, yeah, they, they that came up. It's one of the good things about integration. White people have learned black barbers be in their bag. If you got a good black barber. White boys get that first black fade and they yeah. don't never want to go uh, back. Once you go black. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it ain't no going back. White barbers just don't cut with multiple um, guards and shit anyway. Like Now, some of them have come up, but like it's the younger ones. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a newer thing out here. But yeah, and also they be seeing the uh, the lusty comments from black women when they uh, get the Travis Kelsey uh, special. <laughs> hey, black women be shooting their shots at white boys now, and that shit is hilarious. Uh, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> Got the t-shirt. I'm all right. I'm cool on it. Y'all be easy. Y'all stay safe out there. <laughs> This all made me think of. Uh, I haven't watched this yet, so we could uh, react to this together. I'm so- this is uh, Prophetess Anita Juanita Bonham. Oh, I remember. She, how she was talking about uh, women not wearing stockings to church. And I can't even, I can't even get to the concept of somebody preaching and leading praise and worship with no stockings on, <laughs> with thongy, stringy shoes on, and your legs all greased up. What kind of message are you trying to send us? Because to me, that looked like somebody that's got a whole spirit that ain't purged out of God. And any minute you can just go over in a corner to a deacon and just raise your dress up and hit it right there in the corner because you don't even have drawers on. And I can't... I, 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 just because we don't have on pantyhose and stockings? We don't got no panties on? <laughs> Y'all ain't got no drawers on. <laughs> hey. What? How do I say this? <laughs> What is it about them old saints that say, be saying like some straight up nasty ass sex shit in the worst way possible? Just hike your dress up and go over to a deacon. Like, golly. They be taking shit that's just not that deep. They be making stuff. It's just not that deep. It don't be that deep. See, you know what this is? You talking from that whole spirit. <laughs> Maybe I do got a whole spirit. I wish I had a whole spirit. <laughs> no, I'm lying. I don't have a whole spirit. <laughs> if I had a whole spirit, a lot of the shit that happened to me might not happen. <laughs> like, yeah, here hoeing. But yeah, I know she called somebody a heifer. Black women love call somebody a heifer. Listen, when when they when they be uh, having messages like that with that kind of energy, I'm just like. 
Y'all want us to really believe that y'all don't be cussing, don't it? But I know good and hell well, as soon as that camera shut off, y'all, you've been, you've already been gossiping to somebody and y'all uh-huh. been cussing up a storm. The way she said hoeing, that- the way she said hit it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I ain't gonna talk about the woman of God, but sometimes people be revealing some shit from their past when they kind of did try to condemn other people. So you, nah, never mind. <laughs> to me, I'm just like, even if stockings were involved, that ain't gonna stop nobody from having sex in the church if they want to have sex right. in the church. First of all, stockings are rippable as fuck. Yeah. You don't even gotta pull them down. You can make away with some stockings on. You make go away. So why are you acting like stockings are really just like keeping us from thinking about sex? A chastity belt, right? <laughs> what? It's like if Robin Hood been enticed to Everlast chastity belt. Like get the fuck out of here. It's just not that deep. And as a man attracted to women, it don't take no skin to be attracted to somebody. Be like. Fine. I understand like being older and not understanding new fashion trends, but you also have to understand that fashion is going to change and like things are going to change when it comes to fashion. And women not feeling like they gotta wear stockings all the time. I just think it's funny she described uh those uh I know what shoes she's talking about though. She mm-hmm. described nice. open toe, like strappy sandals. She said thongs, strappy heel, some thongy sandals. That's she said lot. legs greased up. Like, are we supposed to be ashy? Right. If we're not gonna have stockings on, first of all, if you put stockings on, you definitely gotta grease your legs up. Right. Anybody finna put no stockings on dry ass legs? That's an itchy situation. It's flammable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hazard. That is no. But I. One thing about not even just the black church, but churches, one thing that I I don't like about it is they've always put a focus on is women's responsibility for men not to yeah. look at women. I, I'm sick of that. No, nah. but it's it's that's how the world is. Never gonna end though. That's yeah. how the world is though. So much be like, well, what was she wearing? Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Niggas is wild. That's really what it comes down to. And niggas have the audacity. The <laughs> audacity. T H E E. Like when I be seeing the way some people be like talking to women and shit, like, that shit is wild. Like, please calm down. And it, hey, be remiss if I didn't say some women like that shit. Not judging either way it go. But I don't. I'm good on that, sweetheart. <laughs> don't worry about a sweetheart. Don't worry about a sweetheart. Home, but yeah, it's just weird, man. I, I get people see that the world is on fire, that everything in the world is going completely nuts, and a lot of it people are like, because people ain't in church. Mm-hmm. But the people that are in church, y'all chastising them and telling them they gonna go hype they skirt up for a deacon. Just like the church is not a place of refuge for everyone, right? And like I've said before, I would like to join a church. It's just, I'll just, uh, I might make that a a priority next year. The thought of that is exhausting. (laughs) Also, I mean, I'm a young man and (laughs) this is going to sound fucked up. Well, hey, if you want to meet a girl, you can go to church. 
You, hey, you outnumbered. They are everywhere. These are facts. It's a number game. I wouldn't just go to a church just to meet a girl, but if I went to a church and I met a girl, it wouldn't be the worst situation. All these date naps. I'm about to be out the game, bro. I'm going to take a, a sabbatical. You know, I think it could be the refresher that you need. I just don't, I don't know. I like dating. I like getting to know people, but it's like, everybody's got so much fucking baggage. Ooh. And I'll be, ah. I think, honestly, like, like, I know we say, come healed and all this other shit. But nobody's ever healed. I mean, well, not, I don't, even not say if no you ways. are healed, that's, that does not mean that they're not going to be still certain obstacles. There will be scars. It, right, 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 right. And I don't know. And I'm, I'm still dealing with shit from me. I get it. Like shit from other people. But I'm, I don't know. This just also might. I miss my cuffing season. Mm. It happens. I miss quarantine. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, want to go back on lockdown and well, just be in the house. Well, we headed back that way. Oh well, I don't know. I don't think we ever gonna go back on lockdown. Not no. not the way it was. No, because it got too politicized. Now they just want to see people die, which is sick. It's crazy. Like so many kids are getting it now. Yeah, just, like at first it was just like no kids aren't that susceptible, but now kids getting it left and right. And then plus now we get double teamed by two sisters. We getting jumped. <laughs> <laughs> we getting stomped the fuck out. Omarion and her sister are running rampant. Child, and they got them hands on. Yeah. Like I don't know why. Like for a second it went like people were like, well, I mean, COVID's over. Like no, people were dying the entire time. We're at eight hundred thousand now. It's getting to the point now where I'm I'm like nervous about accepting new clients or just I don't know. I gotta. F- I don't want to be that person to be like, are you vaccinated? <laughs> Can't come to my shop if you're not vaccinated. I don't want to be like that, but at the same time, you gotta protect yourself. I do want to be like that because I'm vaccinated. Yeah. That's why I also, like, I was reading some stuff, I guess, Friday, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get my booster today. <laughs> and I set up that appointment, and I went and got it. It it got me a little, it, like, it was probably, how do I say it? It's It wasn't the worst feeling, but it made me tired. But... That's normal. If you ever had a flu shot or something, that's just normal. Mm. But if you haven't been vaccinated, not might not be a bad idea to do it. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Not gonna dwell on. I wish tired could be my only side effect, but if the, them vaccines took me down through there, like I just I just know the booster gonna do the same. Yeah, but better than death. <laughs> Yeah, I just, um, I got to thug it out for a couple more months. It's only been two months since my last dose, so.
we had a conflicting schedule this week. What you're listening to now is actually a hybrid of the last episode we recorded of 2021, stuff that doesn't seem so time-dated, and um, what I'm recording right now. I am recording this actually on Friday, and I am putting it out today. So yeah, we're a little crunched for time, but everything will be okay. Um, first things first, I would like to uh, say RIP to Sydney Portier. I've talked about on this podcast how much of a influence he is in my life. Um, not even uh, just his acting, but like I've read some of his books and just what he means to black cinema, black entertainment, and everything else, the dignity and the, po- and the uh, poise that he um, naturally seemed to give, the elegance and the grace, especially for a dark-skinned black man in the 50s and 60s, which is when he became a superstar. I've always admired, and he has been somebody I've always looked up to. Um I was sad to see that he had passed, but I'm glad that everybody has been giving him his flowers and uh, will continue to give him his flowers and death. Um, also, rest in peace to Bob Saget. Um, wasn't the biggest Full House fan, but I mean, Full House is one of those things to where everybody in my generation and older, like... You couldn't avoid the, um, one second. You couldn't avoid the, uh, impact and, uh, how popular it was. The fact that they brought it back as a sequel is proof that, uh, a lot of people connected with that. And Bob Saget also was an amazing comedian and, uh, a little more dirty than his Danny Tanner character, but, uh, a beloved comedian, especially amongst comics. So, and also, um, that scene in Half Baked where he talks about why weed isn't a drug is the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's a little wild that, um, that was the first thing that was popping up on Twitter after a man passed because he says some wild things in that, but. It's just showing that people appreciate it. The laughs and the uncomfortable laughs are always the funniest ones. Um, I say all of that to lead into, I guess, the main uh, thing I wanted to talk about on uh, this segment. Abbott Elementary. Or more so just... Uh, last week we talked a little bit about how... Uh, the ending of Insecure, Blackish, um, This Is Us, and uh, Grownish is all, are all happening this year. And it's the end of a chapter in uh, black television and how um, we'll look back fondly on this era. I, even though I saw one person say today that this is the worst era of black, black television, and I was like... Nah, like that, 
that late 2000s run was a little dry. It wasn't a lot of... That's also when... That's also when there was an influx in Tyler Perry. The rise of Tyler Perry saw a lot of things slow down for a certain level of black comedy. I used to be a lot harder on Tyler Perry, but I understand it now, and I can appreciate it. I appreciated it then, to be honest, but I was a little bit more militant in my stance of, uh, do you understand or do you overstand? If you overstand, do you understand? I made a lot of unfair comparisons to minstrel shows and other things with Tyler Perry. Things that I kind of regret now, and I'm glad I didn't put those on the podcast as much because I started growing out of it the three, four years once we started doing this. So, um, so, um, yeah. So the last couple weeks, Abbott Elementary has seemed to catch black Twitter in particular by storm. A lot of people have made comparisons to it being the black office, which I kind of I'm going to disagree. I get the similarities and the comparisons, but uh, yes, it's not the black office. A lot of office influences and a lot of parks and rec influences. But this is his own separate thing. Um, For one, uh, Quita is amazing by coming up with this. And it's amazing to see black creatives uh, getting their shows off and them being quality and people really uh, loving how real and how um, smart they are. Like that show is very well written and you can tell it. They don't mail it in, which a lot of shows that are on mainstream networks sometimes mail it in for black audiences. And I'm glad they're not doing that. Um, Everybody in the show is amazing. Uh, 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 Quinta is amazing. Shirley Ralph, uh, Ralph is so funny in this. Um, you got Tyler James Williams, or as the black community knows him as Chris from Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, it's a lot of things uh, I like about this show. I like how real it is. Um, I never uh, became a full teacher, but. The uh, semester I did student teaching. Yeah, this is real. This is about as real of a depiction of a certain type of uh, uh, um, education. I don't know why I'm stuttering. I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. I don't know why. I've done this over 180 times. But every time I have to do this by myself, I get a little nervous. I'll be all right. But yeah, so... um, We're on episode three of um, Abbott Elementary. And I also like the idea that after Insecure Black, Twitter has something to live tweet and to look forward to. And I like that every, like even between the episodes, it's been trending. 
Like it's literally been trending the entire week. So I like that everybody's getting behind this and we're clearly trying to make this uh, a long time thing. Um, I think it has a lot of potential and I'm glad to see where it goes. Um, the first episode was so funny and I'm mad that we had to wait me- uh, weeks to get the second one. The second episode, also equally funny, but there is one character in particular that I'm going to need for them to bring back because when she popped up, it was like, who is that? <laughs> and I have never went to IMDB as fast as I did to find out who was playing Amber because, you know, well, hey, we all attracted to different things, guys. You know, some people like certain things. Some people like other things. I am fond of a bit of ratchet. And a pretty girl with a little bit of ratchet or a lot of ratchet for aesthetic purposes tugs at the old heart strings. Your boy Juice was uh, in love at first sight. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad to see that. I've also been watching a uh, Grand Crew on NBC. Um, Grand Crew is a completely ridiculous show, but I really like it. Um, everything doesn't have to be highbrow for me to enjoy it. Everything doesn't have to be like nuanced or be like, oh, no, I like the way that they did blase blase. Sometimes silly shit is just funny. And Grand Crew is silly shit. And I like it. The crew is funny. I mean, the, the cast is funny. Um, I like shows that kind of play with absurdity. Like, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, workaholics. Uh, Atlanta. Um, what else? That's another show I was thinking of when I watched one of the episodes. I said workaholics. New Girl. I, I saw a lot of New Girl influence in it. What else? But yeah, um, I, I, I like goofy shows and I like goofy shows with an ensemble. Oh, the league. <laughs> like I like shows with an ensemble cast with men and women in it. And it just shows like real friendships. Like it's not always like some sad or depressing stuff, but it's also like the silliness that you have with people you love. Like it's just something like uh, organic about it. That's one of the things I hope comes across in the podcast that uh, how much me and Kim care for each other. That's also why we giggle like some schoolyard children about stupid stuff because it's just funny. So I hope that comes across and those are some of the things I like to see. I also like to see black people in those type of shows. Everything isn't shouldn't be based on some kind of struggle. 
or struggle love or all these other things. Like, uh, like if you get to watch, uh, grand crew, you'll see that, uh, it shows some of the influences that come from mainstream romantic culture, especially in the first two episodes. And those are some of the things that I grew up on. I can really relate to one of the characters. I'm not going to spoil anything. I do want people to go out and choose their own opinion. And if you don't like it, I don't give a fuck. But uh, <laughs> uh, one of the characters in particular is so uh, such a lovey-dovey. He, like, he clearly grew up just watching romantic comedies and all this stuff. And I relate so much to that. It's almost like the episode where I talk about uh, 500 Days of Summer and how I relate so much to Tom. It is hilarious to see a a black show where one of the main characters is a goofy-ass nigga just like me that watches all these uh, white romantic comedies and it kind of tinges, like, it kind of... Uh, it kind of makes the world a little bit more so where you're looking for that. Cause that's absurd. None of that shit is real. But if you've been force fed those things and you take in that art that way, you look for it in real life. So yeah, I just like the absurdity of life. Um, but yeah. Some other shows that I've been watching that are black centered. I started watching the uh, Women of the Struggle, which tells the story of Mamie uh, uh, Till and Emmett Till. And I fought that tooth and nail that I didn't want to watch that. Like, uh, for me, like, I love history, especially black history, and I've always loved it. But as I've gotten older, I've learned to try to protect my peace in my own way. And seeing violent images, especially like in the time we're growing up in. I say growing up like we're not adults. <laughs> but the time that we live in. Um, we see modern day lynchings on our cell phones all of the time. And it started getting to a point to where I felt like I was being desensitized to the idea that I'm seeing a lifeless body on the street, which is somewhere I never want to be. I never want to get to a point to where it just feels like that's normal and it's okay. For me, um, one of the moments in my life, and I think a lot of black people can relate to this, to where you understand uh, you start to feel it a little different is when you first saw the image of Emmett Till in that casket. And it's something you can't erase from your mind. And then you learn the story and everything else. Uh, for me, it was a little weird like watching the first two episodes because you see he's just a kid, man. He's a goofy little early teenager who is trying to be a man and he's not. He's a goofy little kid. And I never realized that his nickname was Bobo. 
that hit me a little different because my 13-year-old nephew, his nickname is Bobo. And he's a goofy little 13-year-old. And it just it just reinforces. The older I get, the more I understand age. And I, I look at it and be like, that's a baby. When when I was 13 or 14, I, I didn't consider myself a baby. I'm a man. Even though clearly wasn't. You were a kid. But this world treats you like you're older than what you are. And you don't have the time to be a child as long as your counterparts, especially if they're not black or people of color. So it's all these things that go into it. But watching it, it was, it just made me so angry. But somebody else I, I know was watching it. And so we've been comparing notes and things like that. So, you know. But by any means, like, if you don't feel comfortable watching it, do not watch it. It is not comfortable. If you want to know more about it and you want to watch it and then dig deeper into things, by all means, go. But I will tell you that there is a trigger warning when you turn it on. It's on Hulu also. And it's a series. I think four episodes have been released now. But yeah, it's a trigger warning and they tell you up front, you're about to see some crazy stuff. So I'm glad that ABC and Hulu did that um, because a lot of people like to make money off black tragedy and black pain without being responsible for the uh, messages and images that you're putting out there. So I got to give a little respect to ABC for at least doing that a little bit. So, yeah, so uh, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, Hopefully you enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, I nerd out a little bit. Um, I talk about like some ancestry and genealogy things. Um, I also give out some tips. If you're African-American and you're doing uh, some family history things later, one thing I forgot to mention later, but it'll make sense. Um, so I mentioned that um, because of slavery, you don't have proper census records before 1870. Um, another thing you need to know is that the 1890 census was destroyed by a fire. So you don't have 1890s records. So if you're doing black history, you have the 1870s census, the 1880 census, and then you have the 1900 census. There are a lot of people that are going to fall within that 80 to 1900 range that are not going to be accounted for. So you're going to have to do a little bit of research. But yeah, uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, I was talking to my sister the other day. I was like, it's, it's going to be what Dolly Parton said, a, a hard candy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and my sister died laughing. She was like, so you just going to give out bags with not the big the peppermint, peppermint sticks? <laughs> not the peppermint. Peppermint, pecan, and walnut. <laughs> and usually an orange or an apple. Oh, not the peppermints. Yep. Just, you got to have your piece of fruit in there. How do, why are we all the same? That's the real question. <laughs> I want to know who started that. I know. And do white people do that? That's the other thing. I'm really, I'm really wondering, do white people do that? Because in my limited experience of just being oh, black, man. I know niggas do it. It's, and it's literally like they put them in them sad-ass brown paper bags. Yes. Is that from slavery? Everywhere. Bro, is that from slavery? Real shit. It might be. For real. It might be. That's so crazy, man. <laughs> All of our trauma... It's still stemming from slavery. <laughs> you know how wild it is that they just kidnapped our ancestors and like when they got here, they start like mixing up different tribes so we wouldn't learn. We couldn't like revolt against them. Mm-hmm. And then we just created a whole new language. That's a wild shit. Yeah, we keep creating a whole new language. They tried to steal our culture and then we just made a new one. And we said, psych, bitch, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> you you got me wrong, bitch. <laughs> Like, like yeah, African American vernacular English is amazing. And then also when you start, it's pretty magical. We start uh, learning about the Gullah Geechee people and how they came up with languages, and they have native speakers that do it. That shit is lit. Didn't you say something about that and your people? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't remember the number. I think it's something like. 40% of all African Americans can trace their roots back to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. If you dig deep enough. So, when I was doing, and I just started back doing ancestry again. But some of my people were from South Carolina. I've been interested in, um, I'm sorry if y'all hear this like noise in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to snuggle up in my coat. I've been interested in just figuring out like, Creole people and like especially the Creole people in Louisiana I don't know Creole just feels like such a broad mix but also yeah it's such a very specific at the same time it's say it's it's the similar concept that it's just all these different people got together over time and created just a whole new culture. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like Cajun people, mm-hmm. which is also fascinating. Like when I was doing Wendy's uh, it, uh, genealogy and I was looking and like her, like her people are Cajun. So like in like the 1800s, I think in Nova Scotia. All right. So the French left France moved to Canada and some of them were in Nova Scotia. The Cajun people or the Arcadians got kicked out of Nova Scotia and moved to the swamps in Louisiana and that's how the Cajun people got here. Okay. And then, mm. so it's all these like weird things that and our like families. Yeah, but then also just like a lot of Cajun people are very tan brown skinned like 
it's it's uh, it's some mixing also. But I used to be like, these are some dark ass white people. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy when she tan, like that's also when her ancestry came back and that little bit of black was there. I was like, nigga, I knew, mm-hmm. I know my people <laughs> for sure. But uh, yeah, Creole. I don't know a lot about Creole people, so that would be interesting. Um. I started doing ancestry stuff again, and I reconnected with one of my distant cousins, mm. and they're doing a family reunion next year. And I'm like, I'm gonna go to that shit. That's cool. So, like, he's the one that gave me the information about like if I mean, if you listen longer, the story I've told about like where one of my ancestors ran away from. A plantation joined a Union Army, went back to the plantation, and married my great 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 grandma. Mm. So, like, he's the one that gave me that information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go to that. That'd be dope. Yeah, knowing about your peoples gives you a certain level of pride and just understanding about yourself. Like when I was looking at. In one side of my family, I kept seeing like this one name, uh, either Zelfia or Zelfie. Multiple people in my family have been named that. Oh wow! So the the oldest ancestor I could find on that side of the family, she was born in seventeen ninety, and Zelfia Claiborne. So all these kids were. Named after her. The the legacy continued. But this is where it gets dope. So, like, if you ever start doing ancestry, especially for African Americans, it's one, well, it's a couple things you need to know. The main thing is you don't have census records before 1870. So they can only trace so far back. Yeah, but you do have some slave documents that um, if the slave owners kept good documents you can find names and things like that Mm -hmm. but when you start doing ancestry also if you look in that 1870 census you can see the neighbors on the page most of those are going to be plantation families people didn't just move far away after slavery Mm -hmm. so that's how I found her because she was a couple streets over from my ancestor that I knew of so in the 1870 census, she cannot read or write. By the 1880 census, she can read or write. And she was almost 90. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the girls who was named after her, you see her in 1870. She's, I think, like 13, and she's in school. By 1880, she's a teacher. So, in all likelihood, she probably taught all the people in her family mm-hmm. how to read, how to including read, the right. older people. Mm-hmm. So, my great grandfather, who lived to, uh, was in, I was a junior in high school when he died. He was like 98. Oh, damn. So, he was always a very educated person, but he didn't go to school past. Sixth grade, but it was because that side of the family, there were school teachers mm-hmm. in the family that taught people how to read and write and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So certain things start making sense. It's like, oh, okay. And he was also a pretty well-off black man. He owned a lot of land. And you were just wondering, how did he fucking do this shit? Mm. And then you see like little things that would be like, okay, so that makes sense. His auntie was a school teacher and taught. The last census that's open now is... One second. <clears throat> the last census that is available now, because you have to wait like 70 years before they can access census records. Seven years? 70. 70? Yeah. That way it's like to make sure like certain information will get out. So the 18, I mean the 1940 census is the last census that's available for public records right now. Mm-hmm. And the 19, I forgot what I was. That's crazy. So, in 1940, that same Zelfie Claiborne that was the school teacher is still teaching. What? She was 70, 80 years old, still a school teacher. Jesus. So, how many people did she, like, change their really? life? Yeah. But yeah, that's the coolest part about, like, doing Ancestry. You can see people at different ages. You're like, God damn, this is my great, great, great grandfather <laughs> just chilling on a farm in, <laughs> in Port Gibson, Mississippi. <laughs> oh, like, And it's just crazy ass stories. Like, so this nigga ran away from a plantation to fight a war, <laughs> went back and got bay and had kids. <laughs> that is some insane shit. Hey. I ain't never met no woman that I, well, <laughs> that I go to war for and come back and take her from slavery. That's love on a different level. Oh, yeah. That's hey. dedication, honey. But that's that side of the family. Like, it's just so, it's crazy shit. It's fun. Like, when you realize, like, certain things, we're like, when you, especially when you realize there's no way that could be somebody's father <laughs> <laughs> which has happened <laughs> and, stranger things have happened and then the weirder part is you can see stuff and you can't see those family lies that they've been telling you like I don't think we are Indian mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of mulattoes and then also it's people that live around the street from you with the same last name as you oh yeah everybody <laughs> child my last name. <laughs> it's out here. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Slavery is wild. And then they don't want you they don't want to teach you in school this shit. Because we don't want people to think that it's bad to be white. They don't say that, but that's really what they say. The system is already set up, like. And, uh, and then they be acting like it's all critical race theory. It ain't critical race theory. What? The? I'm tired of hearing that. People don't know what the fuck it is. I'm tired of hearing <laughs> I know. And then that KIV commercial also tied yeah, up. No more c- critical race theory in, in our schools. Nigga, it wasn't critical race theory in our schools before. Telling history is not critical race theory. It's fucking history. And then plus, people need to know this shit. That way, when y'all be lying to people, be like, nah, that shit didn't fucking yeah, happen. Yeah, true. You can be fact-checked like a mug. Right. 
That's why I'd be so pissed. I'd be on Twitter just looking. She'd be like, "That's not fucking true. That's not fucking true." Ooh wee. Do you know what it's like to have this brain deciphering information? Yeah. Like, no, no. I can imagine. It's so exhausting. Yes. I bet. That's why I drink. <laughs> Got to slow this brain down. It's just taking in bits of information all day. Just being like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorting it out like, that's all not, at once. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, they, man. Like, people don't know like this little shit about like current history, like how things happen. People just assume things were always the way they were. That's not how things work. People like to assume a bunch of shit. Yeah. Fuck that. Just fucking try to find out what it is. Fuck around and find out. Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our links and merchandise at www.thesuburbanpodcast.com. You can also get your listens in on any of these streaming services, such as Google Play, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Episodes come out every Friday. Boom, boom, boom.